Welcome. Welcome to podcast number one, Living as a Latter-day Saint with Bipolar and Depression. My name is Damon Soka, and I'll be your host. Not an official publication of the church. This is not going to be anything official from the church and does not represent church views in any way. I just want to make sure that that's very clear up front. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in good standing, which in membership terms means I'm a card-carrying member. I hold and keep a current temple recommend. Now, why is that important? Because of the subject. Bipolarity, depression, mental illness, mood disorder, whatever name you give it, I really don't care, is difficult on its own without a defined set of religious principles. Place this disease in a rigid, well-meaning, doctrine-oriented, demanding social religion, and it becomes something far greater. It becomes a mountain that everyone has to climb except you are asked to do it with 20-pound weights around your ankles and something pushing you back downhill. Every portion of the disease seems to fight against climbing up the hill. You fight just to keep from falling downhill, much less climb up. Sure, you desperately desire the beautiful vistas on top of the mountain of peace, happiness, spirituality, and love spoken of in every class and every pulpit. And once in a great while, you might catch a small glimpse. But the full view it requires effort currently beyond your, your capability and capacity. is unattainable, and so you settle for what you can get. Old people do come down the hill and tell you how beautiful it is. You can't seem to understand why you're just standing there, somehow ignoring the weights on your ankles and the things standing in front of you pushing on you. Eventually they move on, and you're still there, trying to figure out how to get the weights off and convince the thing pushing back on you that it should leave. It feels lonely, dark, desperate, painful, frustrating, and at times, hopeless. All you can do is look up the mountain and hope one day things will change and watch as person after person climbs the mountain. They stop as they go by and they give all kinds of encouragement and even sometimes a good reprimand, but it doesn't fix the weights or the thing in front of you. Once in a while you get up and try to climb and sometimes you make it a few steps, but then you are, but then there you are again, waiting, resting, hoping for a miracle. Sometimes you just give in, lay down and sleep, hoping that when you wake, things will be different. But eventually you wake up and the weights are still there and that figure hasn't gone anywhere. You wonder why, what did you do? And all sorts of other questions that don't have any real good answers. So does this sound about right? I hope that it does. hope you can see that I understand and I see. I would suspect that anyone who would listen to this podcast is either suffering with the disease or knows who someone knows someone who is. And that is really who I hope to reach. The question is why? Why record a podcast? Why would you listen? Good questions. And I hope to answer them over the next couple of podcasts. After that, you can decide. I will keep recording, and hopefully you'll keep listening. I suffered with the mental illness, bipolar, 
from as early as I can remember. Just so you're aware, I often refer to this disease as a beast, as my beast, one that hunts and attacks. Figuratively, I couldn't think of a better metaphor for disease that attacks indiscriminately and with devastating, relentless, debilitating consequences. I don't ever remember not having it with me. It had me through, as early as I can remember, through middle school, high school, mission to Argentina, college, eight children, and a marriage. Just when I thought that maybe it wouldn't return, perhaps some, somehow I found some mercy. It always did. I prayed. I asked for blessings. Hundreds of them, I suppose. I read scriptures attended temple, church meetings, but everywhere I went to escape it, it always found me. Again and again. And the only redeeming grace for me, and I'm not sure that it's much of a redeeming grace, but I was a rapid cycling bipolar. I cycled about every two months, so I would get so six weeks of depression and darkness, and then a couple of normal days, and about ten to four days of a high or an agitation that was Worse fun at first until the lack of sleep and racing mind exhausted your body to the point that it just wasn't fun anymore. And then it would start all over again. Now, someone listening might ask, how do you even function with a disease like that? The answer is, you really don't, at least not very well. To keep the story short, I spent years looking for healing through spiritual and medicinal means. I went to doctors and found a medicine that somewhat normalized my life. The one thing that haunted me through all this is probably the same reason you're listening. I was an active member of the church. I did those things every member should. But when I prayed for relief, it often didn't come. Depression would take away my access to the spirit. Prayers felt empty, and attending church, a place where peace should be found, wasn't very peaceful. The testimony was nowhere to be found in all the darkness. I guess I asked the same question I've ever done. Everyone does eventually. Where is the Lord? Why me? I'm doing what I should be doing, reading what I should be reading, praying, going to church. I was reaching out, but often I couldn't see anything reaching back through the darkness. I felt alone, I felt lost, and I felt helpless. I have no doubt many of you listening feel the same, and perhaps many other things, or maybe you don't feel anything at all. I could have only described it as hell. Outer darkness, the location we believe Lucifer will dwell, was all I could think of when I was in depression. The Lord says in the Doctrine and Covenants that he only shows it to those who inherit the kingdom. I think I have a fairly good idea what it's all about. Perhaps you have felt or even feel the same way now. What I can say is I have been there, and I have been there all the while as a member of the church. Now, my story did take a different turn, and perhaps this is the reason for the podcast. And this is maybe where you might get a glimpse of a light at the end of the tunnel. I had suffered all my life with illness. I had never known anything different. I sought healing from almost any place I could find it. I had done everything, but every time I would go to the Lord for a blessing relief, Hopefully permanent relief. It was always temporary. I questioned my faith, my desires, my Christian reality, truth, and a host of other things, including the atonement itself. 
While I was always grateful for the temporary relief, I always wondered why. Why did I have to suffer? What was the divine purpose of misery and darkness? I didn't receive any answer at the time. And looking back, I may not have even understood the answer or even accepted it. I did receive some answers later in life, and certainly these podcasts are going to explore those answers. But I didn't give up hope. I continued to seek help and manage disease the best way I knew. Sometimes I did well, other times I didn't, such as the life of the mentally ill. However, the day did come. I will give the whole story in a later episode. The short story is the answer came that it was time. I sought a blessing from a trusted friend and the priesthood. And in a moment, the disease was lifted. That was just the start of a long healing process. It would take another decade. But again, that will be for another podcast. What is my story? As I've seen both sides of the disease, both from the afflicted and the affected. My wife even experienced some, and still does experience some long-term depression due to pregnancy. And I have seen the disease from almost every aspect. I know what it is to be suicidal, and I know what it is to be relieved from the endless days and nights of darkness. My story is really one of hope, and my hope is that I can be someone else's hope. Why do I want to produce a podcast? I'm not a physician, psychiatrist, psychologist, don't have years of doctoral training, or even much medical training. What I do have is experience, and not just in my youth or teenage years or my early 20s. I've lived it through as long as I can remember, high school, a mission, marriage, children. I've seen the disease and the other side of the disease. I like to think I've passed through the valley of death to the other side and have seen some hope. And my hope is really to help where I can. Spread the hope and maybe in process help someone. Maybe you are suffering. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a wife, a husband, a leader, a child. Doesn't really matter. I have been there. I understand and I know. What do I want you to know? I want you to know that there's someone who cares, who has been where you are now, who understands you completely. Maybe there was a greater purpose of my disease than yours. Maybe just somewhere there is a deep divine purpose. I believe that there is one for everyone who is afflicted. I hope that you find some hope, some divine purpose and understanding. I open my life and story to you so that you know that you aren't alone. And when you think that that arm isn't reaching through the darkness, I can assure you that it is. As part of this first, part, this first podcast, I really want to give you some background information. I wanted to introduce me to you. The consequence of this is you may likely know who I am. There's not really an intent to conceal identity, and maybe this might help you to know me as well. I grew up in two small towns in the northwest of the United States, one small town in Blue Mountains of Oregon, and a small Navy town on Whitby Island. I will say that most of what I remember comes from Whitby. I have an angel for a wife. She goes by Becca. I have eight children, and I'm likely to refer to them from time to time. Five boys, three girls. My oldest three boys are married to women who I think are way above them. And I suppose that is always true, but I should probably tell them more than I do. I consider them as much my daughters as if I had raised them. I have a degree from Washington State, 
and an MBA from Western Washington University. I work in the construction field as a virtual simulation expert. I may explain that in another podcast. It's really not as exciting as it sounds. I have wonderful parents who are high school sweethearts. My father is a convert, and my mother comes from a long line of church members, running through some of the earliest days of the church. My father's from southeast Texas and comes from what I refer to as abusive home, mostly due to alcoholism and redneckism. He has come probably further in his development as a member of the church than I ever will, or probably could. When I consider where he came from, where he is now as a member, he has to be one of my heroes. My mother came from a small town in northern Utah, basically the granddaughter of pioneers who trekked across America in search of freedom of religion that they could not be afforded within the United States at the time. She also came from an abusive home. No need to explain this except to say that her biological father was most definitely bipolar. I'm not saying that bipolar leads to abuse, because it rarely does, just the way he happened to deal with it. The important thing is, is that much of these, many of these diseases are hereditary in nature and have a biological component. So I paint, I write, and have found a great deal of happiness in the midst of all this suffering. I think that's probably one of the most important things about my story. Where I started and having a mental illness really didn't define my future. Oh, it impacted it. And maybe in more good ways than bad. But the Lord in his mercy seemed to insert himself when he needed to. Part of that will be explained later. And it is important to my wife and our relationship and how we came together. Well, that is it for the intro. I hope you continue to listen. And somewhere along the line, I get an email from you. Now, as a bishop, I gave the same counsel to almost everyone who came into my office with a problem. I think the counsel holds true for mental illness. The Lord requires the fight, and then he will do the rest. So keep fighting, and I will talk to you next week. Now that I've said all that, next week's episode will be entitled, Why is Living the Gospel So Difficult? It will begin to explore what about a mental illness makes living the gospel so difficult in our lives. I hope you'll return and listen. Talk to you next week.